everyone, this is your favorite Cicely Marie Goose here with a nice show about astrology and the body. I want to give a quick preface that astrology is more so of a language set than a science. It's the accompaniment to astronomy. It's one of those things that you use to basically talk to normal people or regular people because most people don't have astronomy knowledge down packed to the point that they can do full-scale charts and angles and all of these things right so astrology is here to help decipher the codes of astronomy for the regular person <clears throat> one thing i'd like to note is that before we had true medicine in the modern day sense, we would use astrology to diagnose different things. Hmm. So it's like we have these moments where beforehand they would say, hey, you may need to move to a separate place because the cold weather is bad for your constitution or what people would call a weak constitution. I, I want to give a brief overview of the old way that they would discover how people would have certain body parts that would be affected quite easily or quite often. Like, I'm going to go through the 12. Aries rules the head. Fire sign is the first of the zodiac, also called the baby of the zodiac. And it's all about trying not to get into a negative mindset and using the stamina correctly because Mars creates a lot of action. Now, Taurus rules the neck and shoulders. Upper body, so they have upper body strength, elegant necks, really good collarbones, and maybe slumped a little bit or slumping the shoulders. Gemini rules the throat, lungs, and breath, which makes sense because it correlates with communication. That's a Mercury rule sign. Mercury con controls communication. Cancer rules the midsection, which includes the chest, stomach, and the womb. That's why they call it the mother of the zodiac. Oh, a side note on this article. Keeping a positive attitude is the key for cancers to reproduce. That's interesting. I would have never thought of that. Leo rules the heart and upper back. Virgo rules the abdomen and digestive system. Hmm. Also a lot of nervous energy and anxiety with that system. So if you ever have, meet somebody with a weak stomach, you can ask them, are you a Virgo? Libra rules kidneys and the lower back. 
Scorpio <laughs> rules reproductive organs and the hips. Sagittarius is legs, thighs, and buttocks. They always say Sag is a dragon wagon. And Capricorn rules the bones and the joints. Aquarius rules the shins, calves, and ankles. And Pisces rules the hands and feet. And a quick side note, I've met a lot of Pisces people with foot fetishes. I think it's hilarious. Now, in the old days, they would use these to diagnose certain things. It was like the common man's doctor. Common man's almanac. That's why the farmer's almanac is still so important in the manner in which we still move today. So when we look at the body as a whole, with all 12 signs representing each part of the body, there have been rumors that it experiences the Kundalini experience from top to bottom. Very, I have to do more research to that, but it does make sense seeing that each body part rules a separate part of the body. Each zodiac sign rules a separate part of the body and each house has a different point in the life that it's ruled. Astrology is used to really move the cylindrical places through and through. It makes us remember that our lives move in cycles and sometimes we may have head issues because we have Aries in Mars today or our neck and shoulders may hurt because we're having a square between the moon and the rest of the emotional body through Taurus. <laughs> now I'm in the midst of indulging in some Taurus moon things, aka snacks. And I'm wondering, what about the diets of the Zodiac? The diets of the Zodiac. Because I have always heard of people saying that you could base your diet plans. Oh. Mm. Oprah has an article about the Zodiac diet and eating according to Zodiac signs. So let's click on this just for shits and giggles, eh? Hmm. So a lot of people have heard of the blood type diet or the personality type diet or some form of weight loss but the zodiac after all is one of the oldest classification systems just for fun we asked our favorite amateur astrologer peter smith what the stars might say about the future of your shape so this is quite interesting this is more for entertainment that do not use this as a diagnosis this is just something for shits and giggles aries march 21st through april 19th headstrong and passionate you are terrific at kicking off a diet not it's so good at sustaining one best bet a short-term intense res regimen that grips your attention or at least until you get sick of it or try a weight loss competition with a friend you can't fathom coming in second so these are very general and then we have a Taurus, April 20th through May 20th. No sign is more blockheadedly sedentary or accumulates pounds faster. 
best bet, regular physical activity, and constant dietary vigilance. You'll cheerfully and steadfastly stick to a fitness routine if it's predictable, slightly boring, and shows practical results. Gemini, May 21st through June 21st. Thanks to your innate distractibility and near hysterical nervous system, you burn calories the way a veil brush fires hurls off. Oh my God. Basically, they're saying the way they burn calories is how sparks are caught off of a fire. Best bet, graze daily on a half dozen small, very <laughs> meatless millets that you can pick at while doing something else, reading the tabloids, watching TV, listening to your iPod, etc. Cancer, June 22nd through July 22nd. Cancers are emotional eaters, before bedtime snackers, and inver <laughs> invariated food hoarders. Your best bet with your love of domesticity Retrain, retrain yourself to prepare soothing meals that aren't over-the-top fattening. Tenacious and hardworking, you respond beautifully to any long-term fitness program. Leo, July 23rd through August 22nd. Warm, regal, and enthusiastic. You are identifiable by your innate flamboyance. You have a weakness for gold and an inclination to grasp people very tenderly on the arm when talking to them. That's quite specific. <clears throat> Best bet. You can work, appeal to your own vanity by joining a gym where you can work out in full view of the minions and fantasize about how dazzling you'll look once you've dropped a few pounds. That's hilarious. Virgos, August 23rd through September 22nd. The planet repulses you or just playing gives you the shivers or you're the kid that'll only binge on one food a month organic chimichangas the next oh so it's like binge from one end to the next and you're maddeningly maddeningly to some hypersensitive about your dietary matters best bet vegetarianism or any fringe diet and fitness program that's pragmatic detailed purifying and ferociously organized Next, we have Libra, September 23rd through October 22nd. You're so flipping wishy-washy. Sorry, magnificently diplomatic. That mid-diet that you're liable to change your mind? Wait, wouldn't the zone be better? Huh. The best bet for these diplomatic people is a partner to keep you on track, on track mixed with balance, middle of the road, eating that makes more sense scorpio october 23rd through november 21st you're infamously all or nothing in your approach to exercise and dieting dieting the nice part is that no zodiac sign has deeper reserves of willpower best bet any extreme regimen that involves control over your impulses mid self-flagellation and a full body detoxification bikram yoga anyone a week-long juice fast? Wow. I don't like how they're put picking at them. <laughs> Sagittarius, November 22nd through December 21st. Prone to claustrophobia, you require freedom, challenge, and open spaces to feel gaily chirping birds. Filled with gaily chirping birds. 
You also tend to put, a weight, put on weight easily, particularly in the hips and thighs. I told you, Sagittarius rules them hips and thighs. So it's like you're dragging a little wagon on you, you know? The best bet, go hiking rather than sequestering yourself inside a gym. As for dieting, don't even think about it. Just eat for health and lead a vigorous don't fence me in life. Capricorn, December 22nd through January 19th. You tender, quietly driven, and occasionally melancholy souls respond well to structure. Best bet, a systemized diet and fitness plan favoring gentler exercise, yoga, Pilates, and bands to counter your tendency to stiffen under pressure. Remember, if you want to get ahead, Capricorns are nothing if not ambitious. It won't hurt to look your best. Aquarius, January 20th through February 18th. You are the I'll do it my way individualist of the Zodiac and by a long shot, the most intellectual of the three air signs. The best bet, Aquarius rules the ankles and circulatory system, which is why skiing, treadmilling, and dancing are excellent calorie burners for you. And diet, follow your own regimen. The more off the beaten track, the better. And finally, we have Pisces. Pisces is from February 19th to March 20th. Kindly, dreamy, kind, dreamy, poetical, and occasionally self-delusional. You badly need structure in your life or else you'll start drinking gin and writing god-awful song lyrics. That's oddly specific for the Pisces people. The best bet Exercise that gives you the illusion of merging with the universe. Yoga, rock climbing, running. To avoid going off the deep end, opt for a rational three meals a day, a rational three meal a day diet, and hang on to your scales. That makes a lot of sense. Keep it balanced. Now that was a article from Oprah's website. I tend to look into a lot of the mainstream astrology for shits and giggles, because from what I'm discovering and doing research is that astrology was the late, the regular people's news at the time when it was discovered. Astronomers were the predictors and astrologers were the interpreters for the normal people. So if you have a bunch of people that have never read a book never read a book, never been allowed in a monastery to read. How can they understand what astronomers are speaking on? These are for normal day people. And it was ways to get information conveyed even before battle. We would have people, like I remember in the art of war, I was reading that one day. And they were saying before they went off into battle, before they went to war, they would consult the astronomers and the diviners to basically schedule a plan to do a ritual before they go out to war to sway the masses. What does modern day news do today? It sways the masses. A lot of the modern day oracles especially diviners online now with the internet being so prevalent we see a lot of people working together like news networks astrology astrology 
and astrologers were the original news network because there would be people in charge that would require plans of action. So say for instance, the astronomers predicted through math that there would be a solar eclipse on this day at this time. So the astrologers would do the ceremony, whatever the ceremony of the culture was, and they would say, as the sun crosses into the darkness of the moon, we can destroy our enemies within this time and charge everyone into battle. I really do find it kind of cool that that was the original way that we could sway the masses. Hi, Scott. How you doing today? Doing a quick astro reading. And if you'd like to learn anything about astrology, or if you want to get your chart read today, we have AstroSeek in the comments as well as CoStar, if you like. Yes, they used to use astrology as a news network to convey things to regular people. Give me one second. Ah, oh, yes, I'm back. <clears throat> The way it was used, the astronomers would predict a day where the eclipse would come and the astrologers would interpret it for other people. And one thing I like to note about interpretations of astrology is really the regular person's version of astronomy. Not astronomy for dummies, but astronomy with the mystical element that makes people listen. Just like a captivating story. And I do have a quick little piece that makes, this is from Gaia.com. This is an article, The History of Astrology by C.A. Brooks. And this is from June 22nd, 2016. In the beginning, today, astrology and astronomy are distinct separate disciplines. This was not always so. Approximately 2000 BC, our ancestors watched, studied, and mapped the movements of constellations, as, constellations of stars and planets as each celestial body appeared to rise on the eastern horizon and move to a point across the sky. What at first must have seemed like random occurrences or chaos began to appear as purposeful patterns. Based on years of watching this cosmic dance, observers created theories. Knowledge of repeating pattern became patterns became useful to uh, became useful tools to predict seasons and weather conditions. These turned into guided these in turn guided the planting and harvesting of crops migrations from one geographical area to another, and similar behaviors. In no small way, I am indebted to these early astrologers for painstakingly crafting 
observations into recommendations. Otherwise, I might be planting my vegetable garden in February instead of May. Hopefully, it comes as no surprise that we are fortunate recipients of our ancestors' due diligence in connecting the celestial dots. From the Egyptians to the Babylonians to the Greeks and the Romans. The growing body of knowledge known as astrology spread across the world. Why? Because it works. Success with predicting weather and natural disasters evolved into a more sophisticated and complex theories of belief. These allowed devotees to take another leap and use the mapping of celestial bodies to understand and predict events in the lives of human beings. Soon it was not just farmers who relied on astrology, but also kings and ruler, rulers kept cosmic savvy advisors by their side. Great philosophers and mathematicians, including Ptolemy, Plato, Aristotle, Copernicus, Sir Isaac New and Sir Isaac Newton, were amongst those scientists who experimented with the application of theories of astronomy and astrology. Hippocrates, the famous Greek physician, is quoted saying, a physician without the knowledge of astrology has no right to call himself a physician. Historically, astrology has been used to plan important actions ranging from declaring war to celebrating a wedding. Throughout, throughout the history of astrology, various cultures adopted these principles in one form or another. Systems were revised and adapted. In some cases, culture, cultures developed their own fairly unique versions and interpretations. For example, there are five Chinese zodiac elements. Fire, wood, earth, metal, and water. That's really weird. They got wood and earth. Hmm. And 12 animals. Today, Vedic and Western astrology are probably the most popular and prevalent systems, with the Western astrology known as tropical being the most familiar. And there is a note that as a Western astrologer, this article reflects mostly my understanding and experience of this version. Next section. Now, this is the part that I have been talking about for the longest. We are more than our sun signs. There are 24 unique house placements that are created and used to build like a fingerprint of the body the astral body that reflects the human body that we have. So everyone has their own individual chart. What first grabbed my attention, the article reads on, what first grabbed my attention and made me give astrology a second look was realizing the history of astrology provides a rich, complex, but cohesive picture that involves not only our sun, but all of the known planets in our solar system. What's your sun sign? is not only an antiquated pickup line, but it's only the tip of the cosmic iceberg. Throughout time, astrologers have developed simple yet sophisticated meanings for each of the planets. For example, the sun represents personal ego and how we think of ourselves. The moon describes emotional expression and may also be the key to understanding the relationship with our mothers. Mars represents motivation. Saturn is the planet of discipline, and so on. The real practice of astrology is far more complex and interesting than the familiar paragraph predictions based on sun sign astrology. However, these, pith <laughs> these pithy 
daily, weekly, or monthly horoscopes can be amazingly accurate and helpful as well. Comparing sun sign astrology to the usual more comprehensive practice of astrology feels something like this. It's the difference between telling you, I am a woman, or telling you I am a woman raised by Catholic parents with nine siblings with a master's degree in business, a practical practicing animal communicator, convinced chocolate is one of my favorite food groups and has a thing for James Bond movie music. Can you appreciate the richness and depth of the second approach? That is a perfect description of sun sign versus the rest of a chart. Because I can tell you I'm an Aries, or I can tell you I'm an Aries sun, Taurus moon, Taurus rising, with my sun being in the 12th house, my moon being in the first house. So the emotional body is totally different. Now we're getting into astrology charts. Getting useful information using astrology usually begins with the calculation of a chart. Simply, it's a picture of the Earth and the surrounding constellations and planets at a a specified time. Historically, astrologers have recognized the 12 star constellations, which in turn are associated with the 12 astrological signs. Aries, Taurus, Gemini, and Cancer, and so on and so on. Most often, astrology charts are drawn in circles and divided into 12 second sections that look like pie wedges. Each of the 12 constellations or signs has its place around the perimeter of the circle of the chart. Each of the pie wedges are referred to as houses representing an area of life. For example, partnerships, home, parents, siblings, work, career, money, friendships, and health, as well as other important components are represented. Charts are drawn according to mathematical calculations, factoring in time and location. Using the calculations along with ancient charts and graphs, an astrology chart for a specific individual's birth or event can be drawn. Thank God for computers and modern astrological software. They make it possible for modern day astrologers to cast charts simply and with great precision. Having started out manually casting charts with blank paper, pencil, and a calculator with reference books on the sides, I have a great appreciation for those who preceded me and made those software. That's beautiful. (laughs) And this has been a quick synopsis from Gaia.com, the history of astrology. And it's like a quick read. And then it's, it goes further to say, why astrology? The history of astrology can be fascinating, but let's face it. What interests me, what interests me more is about what, what can I do with it now? Why should I bother? That's actually a good question for most astrologers to ask. Astrology is used very effectively in the hands of those competent practitioners as tools for choosing the perfect date for a wedding, a root canal, or launching a successful business. However, one of its greatest contributions is demystifying the human psyche. Astrological interpretations provide the basis for building a psychological profile of an individual or event 
based on the placements of the planet in the astrological signs and in the 12 chart houses at the time of birth. Along with planets, signs, and houses, astrologers carefully considered the interactions and relationships of each planet to the other. Collectively, we can build an insightful picture. Yes, because if we can build a roadmap, it can show what days would be best for any form of work life, relationship-wise. And also, when we bring in astrology and the farmer's almanac, it can help you pick a perfect wedding date because you'll know if it's going to rain or not. Complex charting systems that have been used for a very long time. <clears throat> he continues on with astrology charts hold the keys to understanding many of life's conundrums. They can describe how a person is likely to express their feelings. Do they take their cue from the air element and think them over or talk them out? Or maybe they get physical, like doing housework, mowing the lawn, or chopping wood to work out frustration of anger. We can look at Mercury for clues at how a person thinks, learns, or shares information. An astrology chart also holds information about where we feel wounded, alone, alienated, or ineffective. Fortunately, they can also they also can tell us about our strengths and greatest personal assets. So. Basically, it's a dive into the human psyche, the old school way, bringing news to regular people and how they feel. And parting thoughts of this article. Like all tools, astrology is best left in the hands of experienced and trustworthy practitioners. The good news is there are plenty available. More good news. Astrology may seem complicated and you'll get no argument from me. However, learning this age tool can be easily easy especially when approached like a like peeling an onion one layer at a time every layer can be rewarding and rewarding and enrich our lives many times over astrology remains a controversial science praised and tooted by some debunked by others however history demonstrates it's a universal appeal it's not just you and I, who may keep an astrologer on our speed dial, we are in the company of kings, emperors, philosophers, physicians, notable scientists, rock stars, world leaders, entrepreneurs, and many others who are open to using the art of astrology to inform our choices. The key word in that sentence is inform. Astrology, like many other disciplines and sciences, should never become our only point of reference or source of information and guidance. And with that being said, I absolutely love the article because astrology is used to inform. Like I was saying in the very beginning, it is like the news network for the normal person about celestial bodies. If you do not have any training as an astronomer, training in astrology will actually help and benefit because it can become another tool in your toolbox. So say for instance, you watch the news every day, you may read a book every day, but if you read a little bit about your chart every day, you may have a good experience with that as well. 
So I, I tend to go into my chart every once in a while, sometimes two times a day, sometimes twice a week, just to build a profile of what kind of days we are having. Like today, we have the current chart right now. The sun is in Capricorn, the moon is in Leo, but we also have the moon going void, of course, this evening. So a void, of course, moon is where it's moving from one side to the next. And sometimes it makes it very hard to make a definite decision because the emotional body is not quite moving into a stable position. We also have Mercury Retrograde still going on from December 29th, 2022 to January 18th, 2023. So it's always advised that you back up all of your information, make sure all of your paperwork, and not to sign new contracts during, during this time. I will have a quick... Hmm, well, in my chart currently... The moon is in strong opposition with Saturn. The moon symbolizes instinctive awareness and Saturn is the planet of restriction and structure. With the moon square or opposite to Saturn, there is a potential for conflict between emotions and limits. It might be difficult to express sentiments to other, others. You might also feel somewhat shut down emotionally. There could also be an ability to crystallize feelings about important matters through hard work. Okay, so be wary. But I also have a strong trine going on this week. Mercury is the planet of communication and Uranus is the planet of revolution. With Mercury trine or sextile to Uranus, everyone's mindset is tuned into unexpected insight so that visionary ideas can be expressed. This is an inventive combination and can produce produce genius quality thinking if channeled properly. Properly, out of the box thinking and surprising a surprising level of individuality is expressed. So this is the pretty. Ooh, these are the strongest aspects for today in my chart. <clears throat> Mercury is in a strong square with Chiron. Mercury is the planet of communication, and Chiron, called the wounded healer, is the planet of healing and acknowledgement of concealed trauma. With Mercury square or opposite to Chiron, everyone may encounter or may encounter an enhanced ability to uncover hidden concerns that have long been walled away. All wounds can come up from the underground to cause problems in the present. This can make patterns of behavior more conscious and that in turn leads to acceptance and healing. Your deeper issues drive you today until you learn to drive them. Hey, so take a, take control of the boat. Don't let the boat control you. But there is a strong counterbalance. Venus is in a strong trine with Mars. Venus is the planet of love and beauty, love, beauty, and money. And Mars is the planet of energy and drive. With Venus in flowing aspect to Mars, beauty is emphasized over the desire and drive. Um, that's interesting. In going after, 
what they want. Everyone's interactions remain relatively smooth and harmonious. There's energy to make and spend money. The energy to make and spend money is more pronounced. And as well, there is a softening of our intentions towards others. Mm. And then you have like the medium aspects. The medium aspects are usually slower moving planets. Mm. Interesting enough, my sun is in conjunction with the moon. Well, in conjunct with the moon. With the sun opposite moon, we have a full moon, which occurs approximately every month. This is a powerful time to plant seeds of intention that you would like to see unfold over the remaining 30 days of the lunar cycle. Success is more likely when you begin new projects and initiate new ideas under the new moon phase. So I did it backwards. I started a new project at the beginning of a new moon. But I guess that was a release into motion. That's pretty well. Also, there's a medium aspect of sun in conjunction with Mercury. The sun is the planet of vitality and Mercury is the planet of communication. With the sun conjunct Mercury, there's a light shining on all mental processes. This is a good time to promote ideas or schedule a vital meeting or conversation. Negotiations and contracts are favored. The written word is the written word also benefits. So it's a good time to write something. That's neat. Sun quintile Jupiter. The sun is the planet of vitality and Jupiter is the planet of expansion and good fortune. With the sun trine or sextile to Jupiter, there is a light shining on abundance and an opportunity. Abundance and opportunity. Optimistic energy and enthusiasm will infuse everyone to reach out for their goals and dreams. Good fortune opens doors for those who open for it. That's a good general for today. The sun is also trine Uranus. The sun is the planet of vitality and Uranus is the planet of revolutionary enlightenment. With the sun conjunct Uranus, there's a light shining on expressing everyone's individuality in a unique and progressive way. This is an ideal day to think outside of the box and assert a radical idea. The way forward is eased. Sun trine Uranus. That was a pretty good one. But now we also have the sun sextile to Neptune. The sun is a planet of vitality and Neptune is a planet of sympathy and faith. With the sun conjunct Neptune, there's light shining on the world of imagination and spirituality. A sense of psychic attunement leads to a peaceful feelings, leads to peaceful feelings towards others around you. There is some potential for over-idealism to the point of deception. This is an opportune day to extend compassion and charity to someone in need. And then we have moon, quintile, Mars. The moon symbolizes instinctive awareness and Mars is the planet of energy and drive. With the moon trine or sextile to Mars, there is cooperation between emotions and actions. Passion is enhanced and flows easily 
and there might seem to be a greater personal meaning behind activities. These things, these things get done more readily and with emotional ease. That's pretty cool. We also have moon in conjunct with Neptune as well. The moon symbolizes, symbolizes instinctive awareness and Neptune is the planet of sympathy and faith. With the moon square or opposite to Neptune, there is a conflict between emotions and a sense of idealism. Everyone is feeling tuned into cosmic awareness today and is sensitive to the awareness of others, both positive and negative. An extraordinary ability to tap into one's intuition is possible, as well as the potential to react to another person's suffering. There might be a tendency for escapist fantasy or extreme sensitivity. So if you're hearing that some of your friends are feeling mighty sensitive today, the moon is in conjunct with Neptune. Ooh. <laughs> Mercury is biquintile to Mars. Mercury is the planet of communication and Mars is the planet of energy and drive. With Mercury trine or sextile Mars, thoughts are more assertively expressed. This is an opportune time to use courage to back your convictions or for handicrafts. It becomes easy to put thoughts into actions. And I think it's actually... Mercury is biquintile, which is within 0 0.4 degrees of Mars. So they're really closely concentrating. And then we have Venus semi-square to Neptune. Venus is the planet of love, beauty, and money. And Neptune is the planet of inspiration and faith. With Venus square or opposite to Neptune, everyone feels that the potential for romance is high. Idealized ideas about a partner are more than possible and could lead to difficulties if the illusions or deceptions prevail if you, or if you refuse to see any flaws. <laughs> this could be a good day to nurture a creative idea. And then we have Venus sextile Chiron. Venus is the planet of love and money. And Chiron, called the Wounded Healer, is the planet of healing and acknowledgement of concealed trauma. With Venus trine or sextile to Chiron, there's a powerful, powerful ability for relationships with others to reveal hidden problems that have long been wild away. Early woundings regarding how and why we relate to others might come up. This can make patterns of behavior more conscious and ultimately, ultimately lead to acceptance and deep healing. Mm. Then we also have Mars sextile to Chiron. Mars is the planet of energy and drive, while Chiron is the wounded healer. Mm. With Mars trine or sextile to Chiron, there is an enhanced ability for action to arise based on hidden issues that have been long walled away. These could involve early woundings uh, regarding how one innate projects and initiates projects and confronts others. Although painful, these difficulties can make patterns of behavior more conscious and lead to ultimately accepting more of a deep healing. And then we have Uranus septile to Neptune. 
Ooh, the planetary energies darkly interact, inclined to the occult dimensions apart from socially accepted norms. We just did Uranus versus Neptune yesterday, and it's funny that now these aspects are actually flowing together today. Uranus is the planet of revolution, and Neptune is the planet of inspiration and faith. With Uranus in dynamic aspect to Neptune, there is a strong potential for innovative breakthroughs in the realms of creativity, spirituality, and mass compassion. Deceptive idealism must come sharply to the fore and create disruption. So in a time, a new idiom can reveal itself. That's pretty neat. And that is the aspects of the current chart in the sky for right now. This is January 9th, 2023, 5.51 p.m. And I also would like to note that the astro astrology in the body, as we went through in the beginning, the body is ruled by each individual house. Each individual house has its own meaning. And it's funny that they go from the head to the tail. They go completely from the head to the tail. And I'd love to give just a quick synopsis of the houses and what they mean. Because they correlate to the astral body as well as the physical human body. Brief synopsis. The first house is beginnings, identity, outward presentation. The second house relates on how we make money, also our immediate environment, material things, five senses, and is big for self-esteem and worth. The third house rules all aspects of communication, giving and receiving, messages, <laughs> And a quick note about this one, each house builds onto the house of the last. So the third house is the primary years, building on libraries and neighborhoods. The fourth house is the house of home and roots. This is our self-care house. And the fourth house is the foundation of the chart. It's like the family part, the nurturing part. The fifth house, the house of self-expression, creativity celebration and it rules creation of things and the attention also is the house of play joy and romance the fifth the sixth house is service and health fitness natural living the internal if turned outwards for the betterment of the internal health but if turned outwards health for the betterment of society and these are just some of my notes that I've taken you know pretty quick jotting down the seventh house which is directly across from the first house is the house of self-identity in relationships all form of partnerships contracts natural give and take and the balance against the first house the eighth house the house of birth death rebirth cycles sex and other people's money passive income and the energy of mergers the ninth house expansive thinking global travels philosophy taking risk wisdoms wisdom intuition and the big picture the 10th house governs 
All things related to large groups, hopes and ideas, friendships, sci-fi, aliens, and all of those things. <laughs> no, that's the 11th house. The 10th house, called the Mid-Heaven or Medium Cola or MC, is the most visible career aspect, high honors, fame, public reputation, career path. That is where a lot of people look to when they get stuck in their idea of where they're supposed to be going. And the 12th house, which is one of my favorites, I may do a talk just about the 12th house. The 12th house is the afterlife, mental asylums, old age, surrendering to the subconscious. It's linked to institutions, hospitals, jails, and retreats. And I noticed that a quick note, I noticed a lot of people that are part of the mental health community or as therapists, psychologists, people that work in different asylums and prisons, they tend to have 12th house aspects and a lot of prisoners have 12th house aspects. Mm. So this is probably going to be a brief show today. I just wanted to go through a little bit more astrology knowledge and how astrology has affected the body and how it used to be astrology was crucial in the diagnostics of the human body. Hippocrates said, a doctor that does not study astrology is not a doctor at all. And I, with that, you guys, I'm going to out, sign out and get me some dinner. I'll probably be back on a little later, if not tomorrow. This is your favorite wandering goose, Cicely Marie. Y'all have a good night.